Hello, and welcome to Morlocks, a Let's Experiment show about finding new homes for the lost and forgotten characters of Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm your host, Lexa White, and with me this week is back once again, probably the person I talk to the most about Marvel Crisis Protocol, Omnis. How are you doing? I am doing great and super hyped for this episode and happy to be your uh, MCP buddy. Yeah, we we share a local scene, so we talk a lot about this game. Well, especially with like all of our locals and such too. Whoever's still hanging out at the end of the evening, we're just like, here's all of our random list advice and let's just nerd out for another hour about MCP, which is one of the best parts about okay. minis gaming is. And we have a local tournament coming up. We do indeed. Which, as of recording, which will be about a month before this episode releases, uh, a week before this episode releases, not a month, I'm not that insane. <laughs> a week before this episode releases, uh, we only have seven spots left. So if you are in the Seattle area and want to come play in an LVO qualifier, jump on it. It may be gone by this time, but if not, jump on it. Absolutely. Play some games. I always encourage people to do tournaments. Uh, they were hit a point with War Machine where I didn't actually do that many normal game nights. Just I felt like I learned so much from you just come out to an event, you get three, four, five games in in a row and you just absorb so much information. And it's just like it's so interesting. And it's like and everyone's focused on the game. It's not like working for eight hours and then trying to play a couple of games when you're already kind of mentally burnt out. It's just like everybody's in the zone and it's it's so much fun. I love it. Yep. Um, we are planning a stream. Uh, I don't know if there will be full time commentators or much me just flitting back and forth whenever we don't have a judge call going on. Um, but that is in the works. Uh, it will be June 11th. So even if you cannot make it, we will be doing uh, videos for it. Sweet. That's great for the community. Yes. Um, so for those who don't know you, would you mind introducing yourself? Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm Charles. Um, probably about half the people call me Omnis because I've been going by that bar for like 20 years now. Uh, I do the Omnis Protocol show, which I've had, you know, I've dragged Alexa on kicking and screaming, but thankfully <laughs> she's been kind enough to uh, uh, to appease. And uh, yeah, I just, I nerd out about Omnis Crisis, eh, <laughs> I nerd out about uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol on Omnis Protocol. And I try to, I think the niche that I fall into is I try to be very honest about my opinions. I try to be honest when I like, have an opinion that shifts. I try to be honest when I think that something doesn't perform well in the existing meta. But then I also try to expand beyond the obvious and think about what things would be better off, you know, or what things people are kind of sleeping on. And I try to include all that stuff in hopefully a, a healthy mix. For sure, for sure. Um, and, and you don't drag me on kicking and screaming. Uh, <laughs> it's funnier when I present it that way, though. Eh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate uh, every time you guest host for me. Yes. Um. And then, as is tradition, what character not in Marvel Crisis Protocol do you want in Marvel Crisis Protocol? So I. So this one is. It's like it's a two-part like hope. And I think at this point, my number one want is actually Archangel. Okay. Partially because I think Archangel would just be a really, really cool sculpt. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I also just really, really want a long-moving character in X-Men. 
I, it's, it's very, very selfish. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I would settle for Nightcrawler as well, but like Archangel, I think would be the one that I would have the most fun painting and a combination of like, I could not imagine not slotting them into my roster right away. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very much on the Kitty Pride train. I can respect that. Oh, as long as they don't do in that stupid flowy sleeve black what the fuck was that outfit? <laughs> My God, is that a terrible outfit? I was just um, listening to a, a new show um, on the Hit Crit Wild Network, Journey uh, Journey Through Limbo. Journey into Limbo, and, yes. I appeared uh, on it to talk about Amazing Spider-Man tech. I don't think I've gotten to that episode yet. Is it Journey into Limbo or is it Journey Through Limbo? Uh, I thought me... the name of the show Journey was the name of the limbo. part. Journey okay, I had it right. Excellent. Point Omnis. Um, but uh, they were nerding out about the Hellfire Gala costumes. Oh, and I'm like, yes. I don't think this is going to happen. But it would be really cool if there was a Rivals pack or something that did did existing characters in the Hellfire Gala um, costumes. Oh. I thought that would be that would be super cool. We would get Hellfire Gala, Mr. Sinister, and Colossus. Oh. Yeah, there'd be a lot of really cool ones for them to do. It was just, that was just a thought that I had today that I wasn't expecting to bring up on the show, but it seemed topical for the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, that is a great show, and now I want that. I'm only about one and a half episodes in, but I've just been absorbing so much MCP content lately. I'm, I'm super, in the zo- super in the zone and super fired up for uh, yeah. Marvel Crisis Protocol. I think I'm episode four. That well, show. I will get there relatively quickly. I imagine so. Um, but yeah, that's a really good shout. Um, there are way too many mutants that need to come out, though. Like, way too many. For sure. And I respect the order. I'm not one of the people that uh, complains about how they release characters, because I think I actually really like how MCP does characters, right? I feel like you have a nice mix of characters that you haven't heard, like some people haven't heard of with like fan favorites. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of in a nice flow. That's one thing like I'll, I'll pick apart things that I don't like their general release order. I think is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking quickly on release order at time of recording, we only have black Swan. We do not have super giant. We don't know what the new black order leadership is. So we will not be touching on that in that ep- this episode. Reasonable. But as the final guest of Leader Out of Their Own Affiliation Month, who did you bring for us to talk about? Oh, man. And I am I so hyped for this episode? And I've got, like, some surprises for you as this goes on. So I'm just going to warn you now. Um, I want to do uh, Storm because mm-hmm. she's kind of my girl. And I think, you know... You know, she's also, she's been queen of the Morlocks at times, too, so feels very appropriate. Uh, 100% fair, but she needs a mohawk to be that, and she doesn't have a mohawk in the kit. Well, I mean, I think there's been some people, I have a friend who's, when he gets to working on Storm, he wants to do her with a mohawk. He's been re-sculpting all of his stuff. I I respect the effort, but I want a separate queen of the Morlock Storm. (laughs) I would totally be down with more more storms. Then you get the mohawk and the punk leather jacket and the pants, <laughs> and I'm just like, I am. 
Oh, yeah. So I was going to ask you, have you already decided what our mid-episode, um, you know, shenanigans tangent is going to be? Or do we decide that naturally? We decide that naturally. <laughs> okay, great. I just I didn't know if it was pre-planned and I should prepare anything. I have never been asked that before. <laughs> but yes, so Storm is a character that is kind of my most favorite type of character to tackle on this show. Which is a character that I think is underpowered. I'm not sure I've actually ever heard you say that. So this is where I was I was surprised. It's like on on my Discord, what what was it that you said? And you I was like, you actually used bad in the sentence? And I was like, I don't think I've ever heard Lexa say that before. Yes. So it's it's my feeling of her is that she is buoyed up by that leadership ability. And yeah. I think she is as an independent character that we're looking to take out of affiliation, as the, the show suggests, she is really underpowered. So here's the exact quote. I think her leadership is amazing, but I think she's a medium to bad otherwise. If that makes sense, I think the leadership does a lot of heavy lifting on the card. And I responded, I think that's totally fair. That's probably what most people's opinion of her is. Yeah. Um, but I respect, you know, you call things as you see them. Um, I think she's better than that, actually. Um, and I'm ready to build some rosters for her outside of affiliation. And she's got three affiliations. Yeah, so, so we will not be touching A-Force, X-Men... Or Wakanda. What? Wakanada. Wak <laughs> oh, yes. Taking the Japanese Japanese pronunciation guide. Yeah, I, I call it the Sung Su pronunciation, but yes. Biano, <laughs> um, yeah, I think she has interesting options when she gets power, but she has a hard time getting to power. That is that is absolutely true. I think anyone with a four um, four dice builder, it's always going to be very spiky. Like either it happens or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, I play her a lot, very competitively, yes. and um, so I do like the character quite a bit. And I've even had discussions in the X Men chats, and people are like, "Oh, if we got another good leadership, I just wouldn't play Storm." And I was like, "Well." Obviously, we don't know what said hypothetical leadership would be, but if Storm's leadership was on a different X-Men, let's just say it was on Rogue, I would still probably play Storm almost as much. Mm -hmm. But but so, we're not going to talk about her in X-Men. We're yeah. going to talk about her in other shit. Uh-huh. And, and the first thing that jumps out to me as the okay. thing I want to look to build around is okay. the fact she is someone with a range for a builder that gives shock. I mean, I do, I do dig that. I am a condition human. I love the condition <laughs> game, and the fact that she has not just a range four builder that gives shock, but a range three beam that gives stun. You should make a roster at some point named Extreme Conditioning. Um, yeah, I've honestly, I've got, I've got a bunch of ideas for where to do storm, but I wanted to hear what your pitches were first. Okay. Um, I think there's a couple of affiliations we could probably cross off the list just because there's not really interesting synergies. 
Um, I'll say, I don't really want to build her into Avengers. They've got too many threes that they have access to, and that just doesn't really interest me. Very and fair. so I think we can cross Avengers off. But uh, I'm open before, like, I give you my pitch. Um, I'm open to any uh, affiliations that jump out to you. Uh, so I, let's start with the land of the Ford I Builder, spider Foes. All right. Giving her a little bit more power economy consistency by taking away the opponent's blocks uh, makes her a little bit more consistent of a character. And especially with that stun beam, being able to reroll the enemy defense to make sure you get that damage through for stun. Uh, I did think about spider foes, because obviously anything that helps her generate power is good. Yeah. Um, Overall, I don't think Spider Foes is necessarily a great home for her. One of the problems I always run into when I'm playing them is I don't want um, Goblin and Ock to pick up extracts because I want them fueled up for well-laid plans. But then that puts a lot of the extract pressure onto the other characters, especially your unaffiliated, which is also a role that Storm doesn't really want. Um, so I, I don't think Foes is going to be the direction for this episode. A thing I want to shout out, even though we have said no Avengers anyway, uh, in my prep, I did look at a Sam Storm list that is anti-flying tech. Okay. that's I had not even considered that, but that's kind of hilarious. Um, so I, 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 we're not going to do it, but I wanted to bring that one up at least. So I will tell you, when she came out, I said, this is the best leadership in the game. I'm going to play a crap ton of X-Men. I think over time that has proven to be correct. But something else I said was that she has one of the worst spenders in the game, and it is awful, and I will never use it. In the very first game I ever played her, I got Magneto down to two health, and so I used the leadership, or I used her throw to throw him into something for one damage, and then used her spender to auto-deal him one damage because he flies. <laughs> and that was my first game ever playing her. And so while I don't like that spender... Uh, I have to admit, I ended up using it in the very first game I ever played her. Because mm -hmm. uh, 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 he was holding the senator, so I, like, I had to daze him oh, yeah. to like mm -hmm. spin the game in my favor. Um, so yeah, it, it has its moments. Uh, so then there's Guardians of the Galaxy, just giving her reroll consistency to find that shock trigger. And you can play fairly condition-based with Guardians, so you can really lean into that. Um, in a similar timbre. Well, uh, let's let's talk Guardians for a minute, because this yeah. was one that I, I had actually put on my list, my short list of uh, affiliations that were uh -huh. I thought would be very interesting. Obviously, a two-dice reroll actually makes a pretty big deal to, like, getting her cycle going. Yes. But I also thought one of her strengths is the energy pay-to-flips, right? She's, a, yep. she's one of two, three threats that has a four energy defense. And so that's still a good spot for her. And I did think, I was like, well, Guardians has kind of a cool thing that you could build a core of, like, Star-Lord, Ronin, Angela, Storm, plus a two or a three, to build a really good core for spider portals and uh, deadly meteors. Mm -hmm. Now, I think X-Men probably still does that a little bit better, but I do think that was an interesting build, and it was something that, you know, was on my mind, and I think something where I would potentially play her out of affiliation. Mm -hmm. Um. In my mind, a similar vein um, uh, for it is uh, for uh, in a similar vein to Guardians where you can play the condition game for me is Shield. 
Okay. I hadn't really thought about Shield that much because I actually have I've only played like one game against them and no games with them. So I didn't have them I didn't think about that too much, so pitch me the idea. Well, so it's it's your natural in, your you already have uh Winter Soldier and Hawkeye, so you can play okay. this long range just give them condition annoyance team. Um okay. with them. It may not be the best thing, but it is I think she's very solid in condition list. So I'm kind of like, that's a thing that my brain keys off of. I will tell you, as someone who th- uses her attack to get shock off, you'd be surprised how often you don't get it. Oh! One, getting a wild on four dice. Yeah. Uh, there are so many times I'm just like, I would be happy with dealing zero damage. I just want to shock that character. And uh-huh. uh, it's, uh, it doesn't happen very much, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think one of her downsides um, is that at times when you get into range of her, she can just fold like a piece of tissue. Yes, her defensive, her overall defensive attack without any sort of buff isn't great. Mm-hmm. I will say, if you will, like, she does spend power very well. Yeah. So her her being fragile isn't that big of a deal as long as you don't let someone just like kill her and then the beginning of next round kill her unless it's a team that can that doesn't care yeah that just has too many like if you're playing sam avengers or something or Uh guardians or you know something where you're just playing a ton of different characters and that's not that important um but she spent when she gets five power it does help her hit some key numbers right even if she was at zero she gets five that means the one power from next turn, she's at six. She's, you know, she can either immediately be able to do two six dice builders into someone and then potentially throw them or throw, build, you know, yeah. it, it's some cool numbers for her. So she she doesn't mind getting up in the action and taking a hit, which is pretty storm. Like, yeah. she's not a, just a run and gun. She's not Cyclops. She gets up into the action. Uh-huh. But to kind of alleviate that issue... um, if you want to go with the direction of, like, cover up her flaws as much as accentuate her good parts, mm-hmm. um, is Miles Marlowe's Web Warriors. That was one of the considerations, because they like to play wide, right? You could do a stealth skew. Yep. Right? You could, you could like, you could start off with your first four characters being Miles, Moon Knight, Black Cat, Storm, and you have four stealth characters. And... Within that, too, you also have uh, legally distinct stealth on Storm, so things like uh, Mocked for Death and Acute Senses do not, uh, not counterplay her. Yes. And I do think, I mean, I think that would be a really interesting roster. Maybe not something where the roster is, that's its primary goal, but just kind of like one of those things that it could threaten. Uh-huh. Right? Um and I do think there's potentially a cool build there. Um, so that that is something that I had kind of dojoed a bit myself too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final place that jumps up to me, um, and just because I love this affiliation, is Mystique. Okay. Uh, you have a throw, and anyone who can double uh, play shield, uh, place helmet, double move throw has a place in the affiliation. <laughs> yes, I can certainly see that. And it would allow her to pick up extracts without penalty. Yep. So if she were picking up a hammer, she's not like slowing herself down in her power generation, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, she's also a very stupid character to end up holding a Montessi book. 
because she can spend three power and yep. give plus two dice on all of the attacks in the beam. So that, mm-hmm. that is certainly an interesting place. Yep. So what places jumped out to you? Uh, well, we mentioned a couple. Um, obviously, I used to play Asgard a ton. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, when Storm hit, she was the very first character to ever release that was a three threat with four energy defense. Yep. So it certainly crossed my mind of like, would I play storm in a pay to flip focused asgard team right and i i think that's that's certainly a place where i would consider playing her and play her very often um but i've also played that team a lot and i i would kind of like to do something a little bit more interesting for this show but if if you see some super asgard tech maybe i could be swayed but it was something i thought would be worth mentioning yeah um i do think uh, I do think I just like uh, Miss Marvel slightly better than Storm in that particular role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could certainly see playing Thor, Valkyrie, maybe Taskmaster or Bucky plus Miss Marvel and Storm as like a key pay to flip core. Um, but that's not probably not the most fun way to play Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure she would get enough table time in that particular roster. So I wanted to come up with something that I thought would be a little bit more storm focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the idea that was jumping out at me the most. Uh-huh. Um, Cause obviously the thing that we've discussed is um, power generation for her, yep. right? She kind of needs, she either needs like rerolls to help her get that economy going. So I started thinking about Magneto um obviously we stick with kind of a mutant theme Mm -hmm. right and so but i really wanted to make this work in a way that this wasn't just like throwing storm into kind of an already existing roster right and so i was thinking about it some more and i was like okay well what 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 synergies there would really play up the fact that you would want storm over other characters Mm -hmm. and then this actually got me into kind of this fundamental thinking of maybe I have been approaching Brotherhood builds actually a little wrong. So, Lex, a random question for you. If you were to think about what are the three most played Brotherhood characters outside of Magneto, which characters would you say? Mystique, Toad, and now Juggernaut. Perfect. That was exactly what I was thinking. If you were to name three characters that don't actually do that much with extra power, (laughs) Mystique, Toad, and Juggernaut are all like that, right? They don't really turn power into damage. Juggernaut can, like, move around, right? Like, he gets positioning out of it, and he likes a little bit extra power. Um, But Toad and Mystique definitely don't turn power into damage. Yeah. And so this is where I was like, all right, what if we build a Magneto Storm team that's all about characters that take the power that they get from the leadership and boost up builders. Fairly fair. And I was like, well, I mean, Rogue and Gambit are affiliated to Brotherhood, right? Yep. And Rogue, she may not have that, like, spend power, make her builder do more damage, but she translates extra power into effects on the table better than almost anyone else in the game. And also affiliated is my boy, Sabretooth, who does transform extra power into extra damage in a different way. Yep. He he was certainly on my short list for things to consider here. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about the, the rough core mm-hmm. 
of Magneto, Rogue, Gambit, Storm. Right there, that's 16 threat. So obviously you have some math to play around with um, as you start bumping those totals up and down. But my concept here was that if we build this team that every time every time Magneto throws terrain or and like even within this you have other characters like Storm can still throw terrain she can throw characters into terrain Storm can throw terrain and characters uh-huh. you end up with a setup where you can still power other people up and it can kind of make her throw cost two yes right because if she throws it and then immediately gets a power back um, and I was thinking that even though this is not the traditional way that Brotherhood we played, this might actually still be a very strong thing, right? If it's not just Magneto kills stuff and then you wait until next round, if Gambit, Rogue, Storm, and they're constantly all turned around and constantly throwing six, seven dice attacks into people every activation, that's pretty cool. And Magneto's magnetic refraction can help protect Storm and make her a little bit more durable. Um, as well as another card, um, as well, that we will talk about in a minute. But I want to take a quick sidetrack. Okay. Um, I'm on for sidetrack. Because a thing you said earlier sparked an idea in my mind. And while I really like this Magneto idea, and I think it's what we're going to go with, I do want to bring this up. Okay. Um, pay to flip uh, Storm, Miss Marvel, and Humans. Because hate a flip storm miss marvel uh, i mean i don't actually hate this right because black bolt is a four four yep. i hate his two mystic but for pay to flips that's not that relevant and if you start with um you're starting with an 11 threat core which means that you you need to play another three and, and so you could do beast or quicksilver yep or crystal yeah, actually, I did Crystal quite a bit, too. I, honestly, any of those three, I think, are very viable uh-huh. in that slot. I would probably pick Beast plus one of the other three so that you can play Beast on Mutant Mad Men yeah. and play one of the long movers on Spider Portals. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I like I like both of those a lot. And then, then you round it out with, oh, God, and you have Ronin as yeah. affiliated, too. You have Ronin and Medusa as affiliated, too. Yeah, I obviously I like I already really like Ronan um, on the the energy pay to flips. You get you get a lot out of that. Ronan can also end up building up power that he doesn't necessarily want to spend. So it's easy for him to hand that off to other characters in a lot of cases, too. Um, Yeah, it can also set you up for some cool things where you could have activations where you're like, okay, well, it's this, you know, at a key moment, you're like, well, I will have this person give this character a power and now they move and interact with multiple points because yeah. they got this power from this other character. I, I'm i not sure I want to do that for this episode because I'm pretty hyped about this Magneto train, but I think that's a legitimately very interesting idea for, uh, for Inhumans in general. Yeah. I think the big thing is if I were to go test it, we would figure out how much I'm actually playing Storm. Yeah, for sure. But I think, but, I think yeah, it's, it's a good interesting idea. idea to poke at. And that's one of the things I love about the format of this show is that we throw so many ideas at the wall at the beginning that someone can come along and go, I don't really like the end product, but there's this idea here that I like, and I'm going to go explore this. Yeah, I have a feeling you and I might build that roster anyway at some point. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like that just might be like because I keep feeling like there's something in Inhumans. Yeah. Um, and so I am certainly not opposed to building that and trying that out at some point because I've never I've never played that much in Humans. Uh-huh. Um. So my... and I'm just in the process of repainting a couple of them. Uh-huh. My big thing with the Inhumans is that I think they will get steadily better as we get more civilian extracts. Because as till Genesis gets better, I think they as an affiliation get better because it, it is an in-affiliation 2VP bump. Reasonable. Um, and I yeah. just think the pool of extracts is very counter to what they want to be doing right now. You played them more than me. What was their? How does their reroll card work again? Uh, so you spend two power on each affiliated character, and then one time during the next round, you get to reroll any number of dice on either attack or defense. Okay. I mean, I think that that can certainly work well into the plan because you can use it offensively or defensively. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And, I could be down with working on this at some point. And because we are playing pay to flips, being injured does not matter as much. So we might want to use Adelaide Rising, which gives all of your Inhumans power for the number of injured Inhumans you have. Yeah, I could see that too, because it kind of it's kind of a, a punishment for dazing your characters. Yeah. Yeah, I think the hard part is is just how much does Storm get played in it because they might need a they might need the 3 to be one of the more durable ones like yeah. a lizard or something mm-hmm. um just to kind of make the overall thing function. But I think that's a I think that's a legitimately good in humans plan that is seriously worth testing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with the ability to pass around power so you will always have what you need to interact. So you can turn one pass power to someone on a on hammers spider portals and then being able to walk up pick up the hammer and flip the spider portal yep all right yeah i i would like to discuss this more but i feel like this is a whole nother like you have opened my mind into this whole new region of space like you you know america has taken me to another dimension and shown me where inhumans has already worked and uh, you're like, this is what they've been playing with in humans. So it's like, uh, yeah, no, it's, I think it's a legitimately good idea. Um, but I think this Magneto build, we oh, yeah. can have good reason to play storm in a lot more games. For sure. Um, and, and um, as I said at the beginning of that, uh, digression, I, I, I wanted to go with that Magneto build cause it seems like fun. and seems like a lot of characters we don't normally play in brotherhood. Yeah, so I, I have like kind of a short list of characters that I wanted to throw at you that I think kind of fit this, um, this rough, this rough scheme, mm-hmm. right? So obviously we get Magneto in there. Yes, and then we and talked I think, about Rogue and Gambit. Yes, I feel like that's kind of the core of kind of who we would want to play on the Brotherhood side as much as possible, and Storm. And then I was thinking about what are some of the best characters that translate power into really good effects. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do think Toad probably would get into the roster anyway, because I think there just may be situations where we want that two-thread affiliated. Yep. Um, but, uh, so obviously Iron Man comes to mind. I'm not sure he's the best pick. He's yep. durable. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he doesn't do that much else with his power. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the extra power he gets from builders would be like mostly used for tactics cards. So, you know, we would be like, if we're doing like a Helios laser or something like that, but I think that also kind of defeats the purpose of us trying to like power everyone up and having every character have this potential for a big turn. So um, a character that I side eye as soon as you're talking about like powered up from power. Yep. Uh, is Captain Marvel. She she certainly is, and I will say that I don't like her in most builds, um, but I like her in, um, I do like her in Brotherhood. Yeah, um, uh, and also she's another throw for us. Yes, she is. She I is, will say, oh, go ahead. Yeah, she's a throw, and she gets a binary form that's like really up to potential, um. And if you can get that off consistently, and now that you only need one power, extra power a turn to get it consistently off of a two attack turn, that's great. I will say, though, the thing that I found when I was testing her in Brotherhood is that I still never got off the throw because I always wanted a binary again. Mm-hmm. And so it created this cycle of Magneto helps her get to binary and then she can binary and she generates a couple of power but she needs to kind of save that so she can binary next round. Mm-hmm. And I still found unless she got attacked, I really didn't get to throw as well. And so the one thing I don't like about Captain Marvel in this is that she's not going to keep that flow of power, but maybe that's not necessary. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, to a certain extent, if you're constantly generating power and you're using it to power up builders, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to probably end up with it. You may end up with just too much power, um, and we'll get to cards, but obviously I think follow me is probably goes in here. Um, and so I, I certainly think that she can be a consideration, but I got a couple other fours in mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, so carnage has the spend dice, get more damage mm-hmm. and he's got a way to spend it to get more attacks. He's got a tactics card, which is already kind of taxing in this particular build. But he fits the he fits the shtick, right? Yeah, he does fit of, the shtick. Of like everyone will like every single character is going to be a big threat at all times. Mm-hmm. Um I also thought Black Panther is one of the characters who turns power into damage in a ridiculous way. Cause he can mantle, pounce, do a builder and then put all the extra power into a spender and like have rerolls on all of it. Mm-hmm. And it is leader out of affiliation month. It and is. so getting an extra leader in here is kind of funny. Um, um, a character I want to bring up a three threat that I want to bring up for characters that convert power into damage in weird ways. Yep. Bear Mordell. Oh yeah. Cause he, you know, he powers up the other characters. Yep. Yeah, that's I hadn't really considered him. I wonder I haven't played him enough to know like how much how much does he get out of getting power from Magneto? Like does he get to do enough with that power cuz he kind of powers himself up? Yes. He does the, have a decent spender. On the other hand, um one we may want to target that we don't necessarily need to invest power into each turn because we may be playing five wide and only getting four power off of a swift type thing. So having that character that is relatively self-sufficient in the list, I don't think it's the worst plan in the world. 
And two, adding dice to Magneto, uh, we will any. Um, yes. <laughs> suddenly, I mean, Magneto is, doesn't like taking damage, but I don't disagree. And that suddenly feeds into this into the cycle in a different way because you're powering up the person who can make multiple throws a turn. Yes. Um, I did, I was thinking about, uh, magic doesn't fit this shtick perfectly, mm -hmm. right? But she does have a crazy good spender. Yep. And she's got the ability to, like, teleport herself to get into place, mm -hmm. which I think, like, that level of movement is really good. And she's got a great tactics card mm -hmm. that she can spend power into that also, like, helps set up other characters, too. Um... So she was just a character that, uh, for some reason, I was, like, just thinking in my head. that I was like, man, I feel like her getting powered up a little bit more could be really cool. But I don't have a ton of games with her. Yes. Um, a character I kind of want to point to. Uh, sure. Probably a dumb idea. Uh, but Black Dwarf. He's literally sitting on my table, and I was just looking at him and wondering whether or not I should bring him up. Um. I mean, obviously, he's a character, when he can get his throw online, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, he's also a pretty tanky character, and he's already going to be throwing six dice attacks anyway. Um, he can potentially help protect Magneto and these other characters with the pseudo, the, the taunt bodyguard. Yep. Um, so he's certainly a character I'm willing to consider for this. Um, he's just one of those that I think we're going to have to see how many slots we have left after yeah. our core. Uh -huh. Um, but I think cause we're going to get like, he actually feeds into kind of my next part where I was also thinking, um, do we want, cause one of the cool things when you feed people power is being able to set up some defensive powers too. Yep. And so I was starting to think like maybe a Koye goes in here. Um, so, uh, oh, go ahead. Two things. One on that end and one on the other end. Um, I, I do want to quickly bring up since we're talking about people who love power and can turn power into damage, and she just got announced. Let's talk quickly about Black Swan. Yeah, sure. I Actually, when I did a lot of this dojo, she wasn't quite out yet. Yeah. But she is certainly a fourth threat that kind of feels kind of like Rogue, where she she turns power into a lot of things. Yeah. She really uh, does. And you know, she, she's a little bit of a defensive threat. She's an offensive threat as well. Because um, she has her uh, spend power to do MODOK stuff. Yeah, I mean she's got she's got a very solid um, she's got a very solid spender. She's got charge. Mm -hmm. She can spend power defensively. She can spend some power. Um, yeah, I mean I certainly like. I mean I would not be opposed to putting Black Swan in here. She's just a really good four, and she fits. She's not. She's not, she doesn't need quite as much power as some of the characters, but I feel like when the math works out, I think just Magneto powering up characters like Rogue and Black Swan, I think is very good. Yeah. Um, on the other end, on the defensive uh, end of the uh, conversation, is another in affiliation member for the Brotherhood that we have not talked about yet today. Okay. Colossus. He's on my short list. Yeah. Um, he gets a lot of protection. He also does this weird thing where he 
because like we're already playing the power economy game. Yep. And he, with his strike and that concussive force, uh, can disrupt the. Also, like starts to tax your opponent's power economy while you're running away with it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I don't dislike Colossus in Brotherhood the way that some other people do. I think the ability to protect Magneto and c- protect some of your... Um, and in this list, protect Storm. Yeah, protect Storm or just, you know, spread around attacks so people can't do the things that they want to do um, is 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 a valuable thing. Um, and obviously, like, I'm about to suggest a couple more bodyguards, mm-hmm. right? Like, I was thinking, like, maybe Okoye goes in here. She can't spend it on uh, damage, but her being able to protect the other key characters and keep them going is something that has just had on my mind. And part of that was because I was thinking about She-Hulk. Mm. She's a bodyguard character, and she's a character who can spend power to increase her damage output. Yes. I think she's a little expensive for this list. She is certainly expensive, but there are still some math numbers that potentially work out, right? Like, you could play um, Magneto, Gambit, Toad, She-Hulk, Storm at 20. Yeah. And I don't sure if that's perfectly optimal, but I just felt like she she was worth mentioning that she does fit this this shtick. Um, A character that sort of fits this shtick on both ends, kind of. Um, it's all self-defensive tech, uh, but let's talk about Loki. Yeah, Loki's a badass. Um, <laughs> running away with the power game while taxing your opponent's power game with God of Mischief is always a fun time. Um, feeding more power where he can turn on more I'm a God is always scary. And then Trickster is just annoying. Yeah, I agree. Um... You know, especially when you're feeling so flush with power. Uh, Loki could also do really key things like stop people from being able to throw terrain when they want to. Yep. Right? If they're trying to throw terrain so Magneto can't throw it, that you could set up some cool situations where suddenly they're like, oh, Angela was going to double move and throw that, but she can't now because of where Loki's at. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's a piece you always have to be aware of. And... He also, once he flips, gives a defensive bonus to um, everyone else by shutting off crits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another character, I mean, this is just like a generically great character anyway, um, but Zemo, Zemo is a yeah. character who amplifies everyone's effectiveness potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought he would make a really good kind of fifth character to the core. Like I was thinking it's something like Magneto Gambit Rogue puts you to 13 so if you're playing at like 19 on intrusions or demons or something like that then you do storm and zemo and so you've got a little bit of re-roll action potentially getting spread around and just every single one of your characters can blow people up Mm -hmm. and so every character is a constant threat um in much the same respect i want to go back to an older character that hasn't been talked about as much anymore okay uh valkyrie yeah, Valkyrie was also one that I, I, I thought, like, she she certainly, uh, w- between Charge and Warrior of Legend, uh, she was one of those, it was just when I was thinking about, like, her and Zemo, I just felt like Iron Man doesn't quite do it well enough. Yeah. Right, at least for this particular roster design. And I was realizing after a while, I'm like, 
it's a really cool design in that every one of our core characters, obviously not Zemo, but say if we were building a core of like Magneto, Gambit, Rogue, Storm, Valkyrie, everybody moves characters. Yeah. So you got a team that can pivot both ways. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I'm way ahead. I will now just push everyone off points. Yeah. Um, like mm-hmm. even Toad can do that. Yep. Not as reliably as the other ones, but it's still like, uh-huh. it's still a really powerful uh, mix of options. Mm-hmm. Carnage doesn't quite fit that plan, but Black Panther certainly does. Yeah. Magic kind of does, where she's a little bit more offensive, but her tactics card could help. Mm-hmm. Um, I was questioning whether I would want like a Juggernaut or a Scarlet Witch in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't quite think so. I don't think they fit for this design, which feels a little weird. Because they are good characters, but I'm not sure they quite work for this. A character that another character I want to bring up that also turns that we talked about earlier that turns right. damage, uh, excess power into damage in really interesting ways is Miss Marvel. Uh, yeah, for sure. I always have to like double check in my head: Are we talking about Miss Marvel or Mrs. Marvel? I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, uh, my one problem, like. She kind of competes with Storm for that slot. Oh, yeah, I definitely can get that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely she she does that kind of combo play very well, mm-hmm. and she certainly can like she does pseudo cap out on kind of the amount of power that she can utilize, but she does fit the shtick. Yeah, she caps out, but that's at six, which is pretty high up there. Yeah, she just may hit a point where. I think one of the cool things about this may be is that a lot of the characters will start powering themselves up about the time that Magneto runs out of terrain to throw. Yes, that is definitely a possibility. Um, but I, I'm definitely digging, um, digging this, this core concept. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we'll get to crisis cards eventually, but obviously I was thinking like, this team does really feel like it does some crazy things around 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe it is better at 16. I mean, that's a crazy like black order threat level as well. Yep. Um, so I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that, but I was trying to think of like, was there anything that I should be considering? Like if we're going to play demons potentially down the road, um, Voodoo kind of fits the shtick here. Like, he's a character who certainly can always spend power. Um, but I, I just don't know, like, if we're going to, how much we're going to focus on demons and how important it is to have incinerate immune characters. Um, though, right below him, alphabetically, uh, another character that converts power into damage scarily well is Domino. Uh, yeah, I really like Domino, although she kind of makes all the power she needs. Is yeah. the thing. She um, can. It's the same thing with X23 where they they kind of like they only need a couple of power and then they just kind of function. Yeah. Um, she does fit like the idea of like we want everyone to be able to murder at a moment's notice. Uh-huh. And Domino fits that. But if we're going for this synergy of like everybody's putting out big attacks. Um, and having a co-op, like a, a secondary effect of uh, we handle, uh, we have a control element too. I just don't quite think she makes the cut over the other threes that we've been talking about. Yeah. So 
we've talked about a lot of options. Is let's let's put down some fun people we're getting in this list. All right. Well, if I if I had a core seven characters that I think are like the most important, obviously Magneto, Gambit, Rogue, Storm. Yeah. I think Zemo might be the best three, or Valkyrie. Ugh, but let's just say Zemo and Valkyrie. They're both so good. Um, and then Black Panther's kind of my favorite four. Everyone knows I love him and he fits the stick really well here. And I think we kind of just need Toad as an affiliated two to help us play Storm more often when we want to, um, and just make the math work. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of have two more slots. Yeah. Um, Carnage was high on my overall list. What, how, do you think Carnage fits the bill here? I, how do I phrase this? I think Carnage does fit the bill in a way. He does not necessarily have that pivot towards scenario play. That's fair. Uh, he's also so much more, look at me, I'm a target than basically anyone other than Magneto. This is true. He does uh he does paint a big target on his back. Mm-hmm. He's also the same damage type as Black Panther, yeah. which I don't love. Like I kind of wish there was a character like Carnage that did mystic attacks, which I guess the closest thing is is Voodoo. Yeah. Um I was kind of thinking about Electra. She obviously doesn't print power for herself, um but she could certainly maybe take advantage of that power generation. Oh, yeah. Um and, um, and as we have talked about a bunch, grunts are never a bad thing right now. Yeah, they are, grunts in itself are, are pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, but also don't know how many, how many other fours we're even going to need. Um, yeah. let me, let me look at Sabretooth again. Um, I, he, I love Sabretooth dearly. <laughs> yes. There is, I mean, there is the potential for just wanting another affiliated four, right? Because yeah. uh, it's well, because you could potentially do Magneto, Sabretooth, Rogue, right? Is fourteen, and then Storm to seventeen. And Would then, we want to play that at seventeen? I don't know. Well, and, and then that allows us to fit in. Um, that allows us to go with two out of affiliated threes at twenty, rather than a three and a four. Yeah. But that also, I mean, I like Gambit a lot for this particular build. And so, I mean, we could always play Gambit in that affiliate. I think, so I'm not sure it helps a ton at that threat level. Very fair. Um, I was just thinking if it mattered more at the smaller levels, which is like eh, a little. A little. Um, Venom is a character who kind of does both. He, he wasn't in my original list because he doesn't power up in the same way. But he is certainly a character who spends power no problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, he can be a monster. And, like, lethal protectoring Magneto also seems very annoying. He's a character that can deny cover for your opponent. That I mean, I'm... I, I mean, Alfredo's Taco Truck would be pleased that we're talking about Venom. <laughs> and um, also, but, he has a great ability to pull someone into a blender. Yes, 100%. Um, and just being able to pull people into range of 
Magneto. And he does fit the, like, he's he's kind of Carnage-esque, but, you know, he has a little bit more of a, of a control game mixed in. And that would leave us with one more slot. Um, trying to think if there was another three that really stood out as... Uh, I mean, we could always splash Shuri because she could just power up everyone, right? Yeah. She doesn't do it in the traditional way, but she gives us the control element and powering up the other characters, but we do have some great threes already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could be convinced probably either way on that one. Um. Yeah, none of the other twos really jump out at me unless we want to, if we want to work in Okoye for a little protection. Well, we could move on to the cards and then, like, come back to this last spot. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what secures do you think we're winning? Well, I feel like there's a lot of directions we could go with this. Yeah. Right? And that's where it kind of gets, it gets, it gets interesting. Because maybe, I like, let's discuss demons for a second. Like. Yeah. Obviously, Demons helps out with Magneto buffing up the other characters. But we've also kind of got a thing going on where all of our characters are kind of threats all the time. Yeah. So I feel like we could probably win more one-on-one fights than a lot of other people. Yeah, very fair. So with that said, maybe we don't need Demons. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, well, which... which 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 what which ones do we go for? Yeah, so I immediately start side eyeing the other nineteen. Yeah. Um, which I know you have mixed feelings on, which is intrusions. I don't think I hate intrusions for this roster though. Uh-huh. Just the added mobility to a magneto to get across the board is I agree. You know, I'm just willing like I'm willing to just put intrusions down. It kind of fits it kind of fits what we're trying to do. And this is something that... This is a synergy with a ability that you don't use a lot on Storm. But being it, if you have five power, being able to teleport in Hurricane and not have to worry about your own models in the AoE in the giant clusters that tend to pop up in Inclusions. So, oh, I forgot to, I forgot to mention. I did think... It was potentially interesting in a really aggressive team like this because Storm's um, beam yeah. stuns people on damage. Oh, yeah. And I did think that that could create some kind of interesting things with this like whole really, really aggressive team where if she stuns multiple characters, even if she doesn't get a ton of damage through, just getting off some stuns all of a sudden just can like that can be a thing that spirals out of control for you as the game goes on and as an aggressive player giving out shock is very good agreed i think i think shock is better on aggressive teams than defensive teams Mm, i don't know if i agree with that i think it's just really good yeah it's Like, Shock is very solid at nerfing builders and, and adjusting the power math that way. But I think Shock is even more potent when it starts to mess with spenders. And those <laughs> are more likely to come up when you are playing an aggressive team. Because you are feeding your the opposing team power. I can see that. 
So that's kind of my perspective on it. Um, Fair. Now, otherwise, I, I, we kind of want to be side eyeing higher threat values. I think, or do you want to go for those middle threat values? Because I don't think we're a fourteen team. Um, I think I agree with that. I don't like hate hate our fourteen builds, but it's it's a little weird. Um, I think we can survive on fifteen, and with the amount of control, gamma might not be the worst option. It's it's very gambly. Yeah. Um, but it, it has, it has strong explosion potential. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, so I just re-looked through the list. Deadly Meteors kind of comes to mind, not necessarily because I think this team is insane at Deadly Meteors or anything. I think we're fine, but it's also pretty middle. Yep. It, it is a situation that Storm is particularly good at. Yep. And it's a situation that like, any damage that gets spread around on your opponent's side. Um, it's also one that if we're playing pretty attrition-y or like whether we're playing attrition or control, it kind of can work to our advantage. Because yep. if we're behind and we get an attrition advantage, we can shut our opponent out of scoring secures at all. Yeah, that is true. Um, So that was one that kind of interested me. I'm not sure our 17 is anything super special. Well, I guess you could do Magneto, Gambit. Uh, Mag- well, yeah, I guess it would have to be like Magneto, Gambit, Toad, and then two of the threes. Yep. Storm and probably Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Maybe we get to play it at another threat level too. Yep. I don't. I'm not 100 on that one, but it's one I'm considering. Uh-huh. Now, um, there's some plus sides and minuses to this one. I was thinking about Mayor Fisk. Ah, Mayor Fisk. Yeah, it's a weird one, right? Because it does stun characters. And we've got a lot of characters who don't want to be stunned. Mm -hmm. But it's also one where we could be willing to um, go down on the crisis to begin with to stun characters. And then go all out round two. And with the access to um, Asteroid M, we have the ability to switch sides easier than some teams. Um, I don't, I don't like, it's not a crisis I've played a ton. It was just something I was thinking about. Not sure it's a good idea or not. So it's, when I look at that, I look at, I I go, which of the two of this style of crisis do we want? And I think we like our Teogen teams better than we like our Maya Fisk teams. That's fair. I mean, we pro- we kind of negate the disadvantage of poison a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Rogue is also good at that. And, and it may mean that on our last slot, we more heavily consider possibly taking Captain Marvel because she also ignores it. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would cert like, I would be down for doing Terrigen Mists. Okay. I I feel like we switch sides pretty well. Yeah, we switch sides really well. Um, Terrigen Mists can be, especially with the ability to switch sides, winning one round on both Terrigen Mists, which I think we could do, and then immediately switching to Overwhelm, whichever side is doing slightly better, is very powerful. 
It's also interesting that we could potentially move the secures closer together or like be moving the secures towards locations that gives Magneto access to new terrain. Yes. You know, going back to a character, um, I was just thinking about like, especially with a secure that moves around, having ways to move... Um, to move Magneto is still a, an interesting thing. And and so Clea had come to mind, because obviously her big disadvantage, you don't want to kill her powering herself up to place characters. Uh -huh. But Magneto, to a certain extent, could power her up. Yeah. She does give us a mystic attacker. And on the same vein, we could consider Cyclops. <laughs> I was just about to bring the boy up. Right? Because if he gets power generation... Right, then he can like start rearranging characters to like get them in position for their beams or like move Magneto, you know, to to set up the attacks for next round, right? Um, yeah, yeah, we've got a slot, so some stuff to think about. Well, let's yeah. talk about extracts, yes. And any I, extracts about you? Uh, yes, um, because we're talking about adding dice, um, so Hammers jumps out to me. Let's see. I mean, it's always the thing, like, everybody's good at hammers. Yeah. But um, Storm certainly does not mind a hammer, and the team can hand her, give her, start getting her power back out. Yep. She doesn't hold a hammer super well, but we just, we do have, we do have a ton of great characters. Also, enemies holding hammers have a harder time playing their defensive cards and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... Uh, what do, what was our what does our eighteen look like again? Uh, Magneto Gambit Rogue puts Toad. us at thirteen, so it would be like Storm plus a two is our eighteen. Storm plus Toad, which is not terrible. Yeah, Toad is very solid at being able to get one of the side hammers relatively safely. Yeah, I feel like if we wanted hammers, I feel like we almost wanna. Hold hammer. I mean, we always could bring in a grunt character, which makes certain extracts yeah. even more interesting. Um, I kind of like if we're choosing extracts. I kind of want to pick a pick some threat levels that really favor us. Okay. Um, the more I think about it now, so, um, the other one that jumps out to me, just because we are playing Toad. Yep. Is Legacy Virus. I feel like if we're going to do Legacy Virus, we would probably need another piece of tech mm -hmm. beyond just Toad, but it's it's certainly worth... I like our 19. Yeah. And so I'm willing to consider it. We just may have to tech the roster a little bit for having Legacy so we don't just like get it and then lose. Mm -hmm. The other thing with Legacy Virus is there's another piece of that card. It heals us conditions. Yes. Which certain characters really like. Magneto being able to end of turn heal a stun or something that he's gone. Uh, not complaining at all. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I think we might just want alien ship because I don't yeah. think we hate a slow game. And we don't like we don't necessarily hate them being forced to brawl. And I think we like 20 threat a lot. And it is the one of the single extracts that annoys uh, Angela and Amazing Peter the most. <laughs> this is true. 
Yeah, because they can't. They certainly can't run away with it. Nope. Uh, well, we can't play Panic. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh sixteen, right? Yes. How do we feel about Research Station? I mean, it certainly makes a super brawl right in the middle. Um, we have a let's let's put it in. I just yeah. think this is a team. We have a lot of ways to push people. We can take up a lot of space on it. If people move right up in the middle, they're walking into Gambit. You know, they're walking into Magneto Pain Town. We've got a lot of beams. We've got a lot of AOEs. Gambit's explosions, like. We could we could absolutely super punish people for stacking up in the middle. And then um, we were vaguely talking about Sabretooth earlier. Um, but I do want to bring him up again as a piece of a 17-cube team. Because I think he is a surprisingly good cube character. I agree with that part, yeah. Um, and, like, the rest of the point values are either 15-14, which we don't really care about, the 1819, which we've already talked about, or just a pile of 17s. And being able to go Magneto Rogue Sabretooth Storm as a 17 doesn't seem bad to me. I'm not sure how I feel about that as a cube team, but that was one of the primary reasons for potentially including um, mm -hmm. including him. Do we on the on the character? Do we want a a second three that's affiliated? That or... is another option, but I'm that would only really be useful when we're pushing if we're trying to get a fifteen team. From my viewpoint, it would potentially like if we had a really good three option. It would make our 18 more interesting where we could go Magneto, Gambit, other three, Storm, and then Zemo or Valkyrie. Mm, fair. So I, I, I actually, I think I want to consider, I don't know which, like obviously Mystique gives us access to Deception, but she doesn't fit the shtick. Bucky's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Because he kind of plays into the overall offensive game plan. And his spender's really good, and his spender can end up generating damage. Mm -hmm. He also helps our hammer plan. If we're going to do hammers, that dude's crazy with a hammer. Yeah, I um, let's go with Bucky for that final slot and get hammers in here. Okay. I'm good with that. I don't hate that. Just um, gives us options. Um, so that leaves us tactics cards. Well, we can go through the easy stuff, right? We're going to do Asteroid M. Yes. Asteroid M. Okay. Uh, magnetic refraction we were talking about. Yep, 100%. All right. Uh, Character-specific cards. Uh, we do have Venom in here currently. So that would mean Lethal Protector goes in. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, uh, restricted cards. Any thoughts? So... Um, not necessarily useful on Storm, but I do want to bring it up because we are playing a lot of Gambit. Yep. Dark Past. It's certainly an interesting one here, right? Like, 
being able to hand out stealth at a certain point, like it's very matchup specific, but I think if we have space, I certainly don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I'm willing to slot it in for now. Mm-hmm. And it's one that we could cut if we need room for something else key. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it just, it is such an annoying card at times. <laughs> Yeah, it just kind of depends on like how much how much shooting you think you're gonna have to face. Mm-hmm. But I don't. If Bucky takes to... over the meta, yeah, I don't think we need to worry about both for impact. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I think Especially... we have enough throws that we will throw the table bef- more often than we will need brace. We also like literally Venom is the only character who's not size two in the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and we could potentially swap him for something else. And so we don't actually have a lot of pain of like our characters getting thrown into our characters. So yeah. I would agree with that. Honestly, that makes me lean a little bit towards like, I would not hate a med pack patch up combo for this roster. Mm. Like go all out. Like we're going to do more damage to you. And then we're going to generate a bunch of power off all the damage we did to you. Then we're going to heal ourselves up. Yeah, I can definitely see that. All right, I'm good with that for the for the moment. I like that. I know some people are probably like field dressing, but I also like just like the the big punch. Like field dressing does one, and it does maybe give you an activation, but I like making a ton of work for your opponent. Um, okay, well we still have four cards to consider. Yes, and there is another character specific card that I want to touch on. Okay. Uh, which is, mind if I cut in? Okay. Sell me on it. I'm not I'm not feeling at the moment, but I'm willing to hear a pitch. Um, it is another tax effect. Um, and it is... There is... How do I say this? Uh, we want to protect Magneto and Storm, and we only have a little bit of that in our characters. But Rogue is one of the characters we're planning on bringing a lot, and this just makes it annoying to target, to to go after Magneto and Storm. Alright, I mean, I can see that. It is free to play. Yep. Well, let's see where we're at with space. Oh, I did want Follow Me, for sure, in this. fantastic. That's one I 100% want because I feel like we're going to be able to build up power and there's we're going to end up with surpluses at certain moments and let's get extra activations out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, climbing gear has got to go in for Magneto. I think. Fair. I think giving him another movement and I mean like that could, that's something that a lot of characters can end up using, but he's kind of we're playing him a lot. Yeah. Also, okay, so we really have because we have. We're going to be a priority team most of the time. Or at least a chunk of the time. Uh, disarm. Yeah, I I used to be really, really high on disarm. Like, borderline, this card should be considered to be... Um, uh, oh, yeah. Or, like, maybe even should be restricted. Mm-hmm. But the problem is I, I end up... Disarm competes with sacrifice for me. Very fair. And one of the things I like about sacrifice for something like this is you can also use it to gain priority back. Yeah. Where if they go and attack a character that has already activated, <laughs> you can kind of trap them into killing a character that they didn't want to, to get priority. 
Very fair. All right. Well, uh, all right. Well, what other, any other cards that are jumping to mind for you? Yes. Um, Warpath. Warpath. Let me go back to that one. It's been a while. Just giving, if, if we are in a, Guardians is currently the big scary beast out there. Yep. Giving people aggressive into the long-range guns of Guardians for your Magnetos and such is a solid proposition. It also would potentially, we could, especially on, like, certain situations, you could potentially Warpath, like, back into the Magnetic Refraction bubble. Yep. And things like that. Um, what about Fallback? Is that the right name of the card? Yes. I yeah, fall so. back. We generate power like crazy. Yeah. So we would almost always have power on characters. Mm-hmm. So um, you could have characters also like fall back into the bubble or fall back to get back onto points, fall back to like get out of stealth or like be outside of stealth range on the next attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many slots we have, but it's something I would consider. Um. I always personally have to side eye marked for death. I think it might be the eleventh card in this list. Yeah, I could see that too. Just like taking away rerolls on a key turn where we want to kill someone. Yeah. Or just slowing someone who's and then double pushing them with Magneto. <laughs> yeah, I could see that too. Um, I mean, blind obsession is probably always worth considering. Yep. Um, but we're also, we're playing a little, maybe a little wide. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can probably afford it, but, um. Yeah. Let's see. Seeing if any other cards jump out at me. Yeah, I don't think mm. we're no matter the cost team. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, because we don't have a lot of, we don't, we kind of want to minimize the extra damage that we're taking yeah and like our spenders aren't the like win buttons that you can sometimes have yeah we're really playing up the power of our builders yeah trying to think is there any like expensive cards that most people can't play that we're like yeah we could play this so a card i've been playing a little bit recently that i've had fun with that might be something to look at maybe is seeing red uh, let me get down to that one. It's when an ally character is dazed or KO'd, another ally character within two may spend three and immediately make an attack against the uh, character that dazed them. Yeah, I feel like I like seeing red a lot for this, potentially. Mm-hmm. Like, if Magneto gets to seeing red, that's real bad. Also, if a uh, you can stack a seeing red and on I've got your back. Uh, we so with uh, Black Panther, Magneto, and um, Gambit could all potentially push someone mm-hmm. off of a seeing red. Yep. Okay, I want. I definitely want seeing red. <laughs> Ah, uh, cards that you forgot existed. <laughs> I feel like I discuss it every now and again. Yeah. 
so yeah, that is a full list. Um, I think Dark Past probably has to get cut. Okay. Because I think we some of the other ones we mentioned are just too good. Let's see, three, six, seven, eight. Uh, so I think I still want Sacrifice. I think it's just too good. And then one more, Warpath, Fallback, or Marked for Death. I will leave this to you since you are the guest. Uh, uh, I think I want to try Fallback. I never okay. get to play that card enough. Like, it's a card that I keep sleeving. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to Across the Bifrost. Like, it's a card that I sleeve it. I don't heave it. But I never quite play it. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to slot it in and see what I think of it. Cool, so that gives us a full roster there. This is a weird-ass roster. <laughs> I feel like you're having a bad influence on me, Lexa. <laughs> um, but hey, it may end up being secretly very good. Yeah, I can see myself playing this. Mm-hmm. So, it, would, uh, it certainly like just threatens all the time. Yeah, it does. Uh, for everyone at home... The list of uh, the list is Storm, Magneto, Rogue, Gambit, Toad, Baron Zemo, Black Panther, Valkyrie, Venom, Winter Soldier. Uh, for tactics cards, you have Asteroid M, Magnetic Refraction, Lethal Protector, Med Pack, Packer, Patch Up, Follow Me, Climbing Gear, Sacrifice, Seeing Red, Fall Back. For skills, we have Intrusions Open Across City as Seals Collapse. Deadly Meteors Mutate Civilians, and Terrigen Clouds Sweep Over City. For uh, Extract, we have Alien Ship Crashes in Downtown, Research Station Attacked, and Feared Grips World as Worthy Terrorized City. So yeah, that seems like a fun list. One one possible alteration. If we wanted to take out Venom Mm -hmm. so that we had no size 3s, that people could throw into us. Electra's sounding more and more enticing. Well, it I, does give us a mystic attacker. Yeah. It would, it would have a grunt where we could have the grunt pick up the hammer and then vanish to give the hammer to storm or whoever. Yeah. Right. And they don't have to spend the power to pick it up. It also means that when the grunts in the middle, if somebody kills the grunt, we have seeing red and Bucky to trigger. <laughs> Yeah, that is a thing you can do. Um, yeah, I just you know I I don't I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. I don't have any games with Electro, but it's just it does cross my mind. Yeah, so just something to keep in the back of your head when you're looking at yeah. this and saying if this is something you want to play at home. Um, and if people wanted to reach out to you, where could they find you? Well, I mean, I'm uh, either the Omnis or Omnis Protocol. Uh, everywhere um, you can find me. I'm in pretty much all the MCP discords. Um, some of them I'm not following real closely, but you can always shoot me a message. I'm on Twitter at the Omnis. Uh, Facebook page is Omnis Protocol. Um, and then Omnis Protocol is on iTunes and Anchor and should be just about everywhere. Spotify. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Um, and obviously, you know, check out the show. I try to I try to podcast occasionally occasionally yeah um and then if you want to reach out to me you can do so at i am 
Lex the White on all the MCP discords, Gjipt on the non-MCP discords. If you want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash Lexa White, where you can get bonus episodes. Uh, just, uh, just yesterday at time of recording went out the Multiverse of Madness bonus episode. Um, and by the time this episode comes out, as long as things go to plan, there should be a uh, Moon Knight bonus episode and a Riverdale Season 1 bonus episode, if you want to hear my thoughts on any of those things. As well, you get access to the Morlock Discord, where not only do you have fun conversations about Marvel Crisis Protocol, there is also uh, my custom Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff has uh, picked up again, and I'm working on some Resident Evil characters um, that have been super fun so far. Um. And then if you want to email the show, you can do so at morlocksmcp at gmail.com. And then, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we uh, though it may be sold out by the time that this comes out, uh, on June 11th at Mark's Boarding House in Bellevue, there will be a Marvel Crisis Protocol LVO Invitational. So if you are... Qualifier for the Invitational, yes. but yes. Yes. Uh, so yes, so but- it is... It's going to be super exciting. It's a 32-man tournament. I am so excited for this. I am very hyped, too. And for all the listeners, if you've got an area that hasn't scheduled a qualifier yet, just go to lvois.com backslash MCP. It's a pretty simple application. There is no size requirements. Uh, LVO uh, Invitational, you know, wants to have events that help encourage people to come out to their LGS and play and be excited and have something that they're wanting to work towards. And, you know, you get a invitational spot for winning it. So just have whoever's running the events, encourage them to apply. As long as you run a normal MCP tournament, you are very, very likely to be approved. Yes. And you will be playing in the tournament. Uh, Yes, I am planning on playing this one. We will, we will see how I do. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, you may have to, we may do a debrief at your show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one way, I'm sure, win or lose, uh, I will end up doing some coverage of like how the event went. Yes. And probably, at the very least, probably record with whoever wins. Yes. Um, but yes, then, um, if you want to see me play something completely different, every Sunday morning at twitch.tv slash codabgames, I play custom Arkham Horror the Card Game with the titular Codab. So yeah. That's all very exciting stuff. Thank you for coming on, Omnis. No problem. Happy to be here. Happy to come back anytime, even though we didn't really tangent. No, no, it's sometimes we need to tangent because we go through list building too quickly and I have a like minimum (laughs) episode size. Hey, I have too many thoughts. And like, I even came semi-prepared on this one, which I did not on our Spider-Man one. No, and we still went uh, an hour and 15 an hour 20 wow so yeah um thank you very much for coming on and keep experimenting